we continue with the explanation of the 40 hadith of Imam An-Nawawi rahimahullah and we are still with the 8th hadith which is on the authority of Abdullah bin Umar radiyallahu anhuma anna nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal umirtu an uqatil an-nas hatta yashhadu an la ilaha illallah وأن محمدا رسول الله ويقيم الصلاة ويتو الزكاة فإذا فعلوا ذلك عصموا مني دماءهم وأموالهم إلا بحق الإسلام وحسابهم على الله رواه البخاري ومسلم عبد الله بن عمر may Allah be pleased with him and his father he mentioned that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم stated I have been commanded to combat the people until they testify that none has the right to be worshipped except for Allah and that Muhammad وسلم, is the messenger of Allah and that they establish the prayer and they pay the zakat and if they do that they have protected from me their blood and their property except with the right of Al-Islam and their reckoning is with Allah and the Prophet وسلم, he mentioned فَإِذَا فَعَلُوا ذَلِكَ عَصَمُوا مِنِّي دِمَاءَهُمْ وَأَمْوَالَهُمْ إِلَّا بِحَقِّ الْإِسْلَامِ That they have protected from me their blood and their property or their wealth except with the right of Al-Islam. This narration establishes that the origin when it comes to the blood, property and the honor of the Muslim is that it is sacred. As we have in another narration where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned قُلُّ الْمُسْلِمِ عَلَى الْمُسْلِمِ حَرَامِ دَمُهُ وَمَالُهُ وَعِرْضُهُ That every Muslim is sacred to another Muslim. His blood, his property and his honor. So as Muslims we must hold the honor of another Muslim to be something that is sacred. We don't violate it. It is a serious offense in Al-Islam to violate the honor of another Muslim. And likewise, to violate the blood or the property or the wealth of another Muslim, this is also a serious offense. Unless it is something that has been sanctioned by Islam where one is allowed to speak about another Muslim or the wealth of the Muslim is taken from him due to a rule or regulation or other than that but the origin is that the the blood and the property and the honor of a Muslim it is sacred and the Muslim should not fight another Muslim this is the origin and the Muslim should not take the wealth of another Muslim and the Muslim should not speak bad about another Muslim this is the origin. Also, Barakallah Fikum, this statement, فَإِذَا فَعَلُوا ذَلِكْ عَصَمُوا مِنِّي دِمَاءَهُمْ وَأَمْوَالَهُمْ إِلَّا بِحَقِّ الْإِسْلَامِ that If they do that, meaning if they testify to La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
and they established the prayer and they paid the zakat, they are Muslims. And their blood and their property, their honor is sacred, it's protected. This statement establishes that as it relates to the worldly affairs, then we judge based upon that which is apparent. If someone is known to be a Muslim, that's the ruling of that person. The person is a Muslim. As for what's inside of the heart of the person, we have no connection or no control over that affair or no uh, no statement to say regarding what's within the person's heart. Because the only thing we have to go off of is that which a person outwardly shows. So if a person comes and takes his shahada, we say that the person is a Muslim. It is not for anyone to say that the person was not sincere. You don't know. So you just go off of that which is apparent. And you do not say anything as it relates to what's within the person. For that which is shown is that which is judged and taken by the people, meaning outwardly. As for what's within the person's heart, then that's between the person and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we must be very careful, you know, declaring a Muslim to be a non-Muslim. That's a, that's a serious offense. To say that a person is not a Muslim. You know the person to be a Muslim. And you say, oh, he's not a Muslim because of, mis of a mistake he made or a sin that he has committed. You can't just expel people from Islam because of a mistake or because of a sin or a misunderstanding a person has in the deen. It's not that easy to just expel someone from Al-Islam. As the principle is, whoever's Islam is established by certainty, then they cannot be removed from Islam except by certainty. Whoever's Islam is established by certainty, then you cannot remove that person. You cannot remove that person from Islam except with something that is certain, not doubts. And sometimes brothers they have extreme views. You know, when dealing with Muslims, that who they may have some errors in their practice and errors in their understanding, then they, we take the position that they are not Muslims. We can't pray behind them in the lights. This is wrong. Even we speak about Muslims who have deviation with them, innovation that has not put them outside of the fold of Islam. Okay, yes, they have deviation and innovation with them, but they're still within the fold of Islam. If they die, we pray over them. We wash their body, we shroud them, and we pray over them. They're buried in the graveyard of the Muslims. The Muslims inherit from them. If one of their Muslim family members die, they inherit from them. They are Muslims. Okay, yes, the innovation is there. We take caution as it relates to their innovation and deal with them appropriately But not expel them from Islam For something that has not put them outside of the fold of Islam We have to be very careful with that Now as for the matters which expel a person from Al-Islam Even with that, it's not for the lay person to put himself forward To say, oh the person is not a Muslim Just like that we speak in general, like for instance we say, whoever makes dua to other than Allah is a disbeliever. Or whoever slaughters to other than Allah is a disbeliever. That's a general statement. But now when it comes to dealing with a specific Muslim, there are conditions, rules and regulations. And that's not for the lay person to put himself forward to be passing those judgments upon the people. You don't have the knowledge to do that. Okay, don't have the knowledge. 
And the scholars they mention, Barakallah Fikum, there are four conditions as it relates to a Muslim being expelled from Islam. Number one, the Muslim must be of sound mind and must be in a state of puberty. So this excuses the child and the one who is insane. Because a person who is insane may do something that is apostasy from the religion or may say something, but the person is not in his right state of mind. So you can't judge that person to have left the fold of Islam. And then you have children who the pen is lifted from them. They may do or say something that's wrong and would normally expel someone from Islam, but the person is a child. So the rule doesn't apply to the children. The second one is the knowledge that the person, uh, or rather before that, that what was said or what was done, it was done or said by choice. And that's what was, that is what was intended. If a person, let's say as an example, a person prostrates to a statue. Okay, that's worship of the statue, that's wrong. But now, is that the intent of the person to worship the statue? Right? And was this done intentionally? Why do the scholars mention this? Because it's possible that the person didn't know the statue was there. Okay? It's possible that the person was compelled to do it. So he did it to save his life. You see how that goes? You don't know. You have to, you have to investigate. It's not just that quick. Oh, kafir. Not Muslim anymore. Hellfire. No, you be slow down. Don't start passing judgments upon the people. The third condition... You have, now the first one is of sound mind and the uh, person has a sound mind and the person is in puberty. Number two, that the person did or said what was done uh, intentionally, right, and, and knowingly, like will, they willingly did it. They wasn't forced and it wasn't a mistake. And also, number three, that the person has knowledge that this matter is a a, uh, a matter that is wrong. And lastly, the person doesn't have any false interpretations. Because sometimes a person may do something or say something based upon a misunderstanding. Based upon a misunderstanding. So the scholars, they mention these are conditions. And it's not for anyone to go applying these conditions to the people. So when, we, when it comes to dealing with our Muslim brothers and sisters, the origin is that their blood, their property, and their honor is sacred. You do not violate it. And it is not for the lay person to expel someone from the fold of Islam. It's not his position, not his right to do so. And we judge based upon that which is apparent. If a person is known to be a Muslim, we treat the person like a Muslim. And if the person is pretending to be a Muslim, we still have to treat that person like a Muslim. And their hidden disbelief or hypocrisy, Allah knows and He will deal with them. So the Prophet ﷺ, he said, 
illa bi haqqil islam wa hisabuhum ala allah that they have protected from me their blood and their wealth except with the right of islam meaning that if they have done something and in islam it warrants that their wealth is to be taken right or that there is some punishment that is due to them because of them violating something of al-islam then the rule is lifted as far as the origin of the position of a Muslim the blood property and honor being sacred and their reckonings with Allah meaning in the hereafter because Allah knows what's in the hearts of the people Allah knows what's in the hearts of the people so even if a person is pretending to be a Muslim okay they may be fooling us as we are human beings our knowledge is limited you follow we, we don't know everything only Allah knows everything and we don't know the unseen only Allah knows the unseen so their reckoning is upon Allah and the hereafter Allah will deal with them as Allah he mentions indeed the hypocrites are in the lowest depths of the hellfire so they don't get away it's not for us to be trying to investigate and in, in, in searching to see if a person is really truthful when he took his shahada or not person take his shahada we say that's our Muslim brother what the person does behind closed doors that's between them and Allah we don't go sneaking snooping around to see if the person really took his shahada or not that's, that's not the position of the Muslim there is a narration and this is on the authority of Itban bin Malik regarding Malik ibn uh, ibn al-Dukhaysh al or Ibn Dukhshin, Dukhshun. And some people have said that he was a hypocrite. munafiq, la wa He's a hypocrite, he doesn't love Allah and His Messenger. So the Prophet said to the people, La taqudhalik. Don't say that. Ala tarahu qad qala la ilaha illallah, yuridu bidhalik wajhallah. Do you not see that the man has said la ilaha illallah? And he intended by that the face of Allah. Allahu wa Rasuluhu a'lam. So the person responded to the Prophet saying, Allah and his messenger knows best. Meaning the people had an opinion about this individual, that he was a hypocrite. And that he really doesn't love Allah and his messenger, that he's hiding his hypocrisy and he's pretending to be a Muslim. So the Prophet said to them, Don't say that about him. Do not say that. So they said, فَإِنَّ نَرَى وَجْهَهُ وَنَصِيحَتَهُ إِلَى الْمُنَافِقِينَ So they said, indeed, we see his face and we see his sincerity or connection to the hypocrites. We see how he behaves with the hypocrites. So they're saying that he's a hypocrite because look how he behaves with the hypocrites. In his, his mannerisms, his interactions with the hypocrite. So the Messenger وسلم, he said, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ قَدْ حَرَّمَ عَلَى النَّارِ مَنْ قَالَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَى اللَّهِ يَبْتَغِي بِذَلِكَ وَجْحَ اللَّهِ That indeed Allah has made prohibited, or has made the fire prohibited for the one who says, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَى اللَّهِ seeking by that the face of Allah. So this means, Barakallah Fikum. That the one who says la ilaha illallah 
we take it upon face value that the person said it and he's being sincere this is, we have good thoughts about the person as for what's in the heart of the person then we have nothing to say about that because that's between them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is why the Prophet sallallahu had reprimanded uh, Usama bin Zaid when there was a battle and there was a man who was killing the Muslims a man killing the Muslims in the battle cutting the Muslims down so Usama bin Zaid he's trying to track this individual down he's furious in battle and then when Usama bin Zaid got the best of him as we would say he got the drop on him the man said La ilaha illallah Usama bin Zaid killed him anyway So when this reached the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Ya Usama, aqataltahu ba'da ma qala la ilaha illallah." Oh Usama, you killed the man after he said la ilaha illallah. Usama bin Zaid he said, "Kana muta'awwidan." He only did it because I was about to kill him. That's the only reason he said La ilaha illallah, to protect himself. So the Prophet wasallam kept saying to him, you killed the man after he said La ilaha illallah. So then he said to Usama bin Zaid, فَكَيْفَ تَصْنَعْ بِلَا إِلَهَا إِلَى اللَّهِ إِذَا جَاءَتْ يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ What are you going to do with his statement of La ilaha illallah when it comes on the Day of Judgment? Another version, he said, "Man laka bila ilaha illallah yom al Who's going to defend you in front of Allah when the man comes with his statement of la ilaha illallah on the day of judgment? So he said, Ya Rasulullah, إِنَّمَا قَالَهَا مَخَافَةَ السِّلَاحِ O Messenger of Allah, he only said it because he was afraid of the sword. So the Prophet wasallam said, أَفَلَا شَقَقْتَ عَنْ قَلْبِهِ حَتَّى تَعْلَمْ مِنْ أَجْلِ ذَلِكْ قَالَهَا أَمْ لَا The Prophet wasallam said, shouldn't you have cut his chest open to look into his heart to know for sure if he said, La ilaha illallah sincerely or out of fear? So the Prophet said again, "Man laka bila ilaha illallah yomul qiyamah." So the Prophet said, "Who's going to defend you in front of that la ilaha illallah on the day of judgment?" And the Prophet kept saying this, reprimanding him for what he did, because it was upon him once the man said la ilaha illallah to stop and not go forward. Even in your mind, you may think, "Oh, he's only he's only doing this because he's afraid now." That's not for you to take that position. And pass that judgment upon them. Rather, you have to go with that which is outwardly apparent. The man said, La ilaha illallah, khalas, he accepted Islam, he's a Muslim. So, Usama bin Zaid, he said, I wish I had not become Muslim except for that day. Meaning, so that he would not have been held accountable for what took place before his Islam. But now he knows that's on him now Because he possibly killed a Muslim Or rather apparently he killed a Muslim
As for whether he did it out of fear or not, it wasn't for him to make that judgment. It was for him to accept the man's statement of La ilaha. And this is why the Prophet was stern with him regarding this matter. And this here, it teaches us, Barakallah Fikum, that our judgment of things is upon face what we see and what is apparent. As for what's hidden, we, we have no knowledge of that. So we cannot pass judgment on that which is hidden. That's with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another narration is mentioned that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said to one of the companions from the Ansar who has sought permission to deal with an individual that he believed to be a hypocrite. So the Prophet said, Alaysa yashhad an la ilaha illallah. Does he not testify that none has the right to be worshipped except for Allah? Qala al-Ansari, bala ya Rasulullah. Rather he did testify to la ilaha illallah, O Messenger of Allah. Wa la shahadata lahu. But his shahada don't count. This is what the Sahabi said. So the Prophet repeated, "Alaysa yashhad anna Muhammadan Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam." Did he not testify that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam? The Ansari he said, "Bala ya Rasulullah, wa la shahadata lahu." Rather, he did testify that you are that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, but he has no shahada. He's saying it don't count. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Alaysa yusalli, does, does he not pray? The Sahabi said, Bala ya Rasulullah wa la salata lahu. He prays but he don't have no prayer, don't count. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Ula'ika alladheena nahani allahu anhu. Those are the ones that Allah prohibited me from harming them. He testified to La ilaha illallah. He testified to Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and he makes the salat. The Prophet is saying that I have to go off of what's apparent, and those who test, who take the shahada, and those who pray, they are Muslims. Allah has prohibited me from harming them because from what's outward and what's apparent. Another narration There was a man Who used to Behave in a feminine manner And he put henna On his nails And on his feet Knowing like the women do So It was said so the Prophet sallallahu alaihi he said, "Ma bal hada? What's wrong with this man? Or what's wrong with this person? Like he acting like a female." So it was said, "Ya Rasulullah, yatashabbah bin nisa." O Messenger of Allah, he imitates the woman. So he, if the Prophet commanded that he be banished from that land and go to another place. 
So then it was said, Ya Rasulullah, Allah naqtuluhu, O Messenger of Allah, shouldn't we execute him? The Prophet said, Inni nuhitu an qatlil musallid. Indeed, I have been prohibited by Allah from killing the people who make salat. He's a, he's a Muslim still. Even though his action is wrong and he's behaving like he's a female and he got banished from the land, it doesn't make it allowed now to shed his blood. He had, it, it didn't reach that point. He's still a Muslim. He prays. So understand? So we have to be careful of declaring Muslims to be disbelievers because of sins that they commit. Okay? Meaning the sins that are other than major shirk and major kufr. Sins that they commit but they're not saying it's halal for them to do those sins. We have to be careful. This doesn't mean now we overlook the sin. No, the sin is wrong, it's condemned, and the person is condemned for committing the sin. But we don't go as far as to say that a Muslim is now a disbeliever because of a sin he has committed. So we're not extreme where we expel Muslims from the religion because of sins, and we're not negligent who just say, oh, he's a believer, it doesn't matter what he does. No, 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 no. We take the middle path. We take the middle path. We say that the person is a, is a believer. He's a Muslim, but his faith is incomplete. Or his faith is deficient due to his sins. We do not say that the sinner is a complete believer. But at the same time, we don't say that the sinner is uh, a kafir, a disbeliever, because of the sins. This is understood? Another time... Khalid ibn al-Walid sought the permission from the Prophet to deal with a man and the Prophet said ittaqillah fear Allah wafwan it was said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ittaqillah or the man he said it a man said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fear Allah so one of the companions sought permission to deal with him for saying that to the Prophet Telling the Prophet fear Allah The Prophet said La la'allahu an yakun yusalli The Prophet said no Perhaps he prays So then Khalid He said وَكَمْ مِنْ مُسَلَّنْ يَقُولْ بِلِسَانِهِ مَا لَيْسَ فِي قَلْبِهِ Khalid He said how many people pray And he says that which is He says with his tongue that which is not in his heart so the Prophet ﷺ responded, "Inni lam umar an anqba qulub al-nas wala ashqa butunahum." I have not been commanded to like look into the hearts of the people and to cut open and see what's inside of the people. I have not been commanded with that. So what is the Prophet saying? That he goes off of what? Huh? Ahsant, what he sees physically, what's apparent. The Prophet ﷺ was not commanded to look into the hearts of the people. So again, what a person does outwardly, this is what we judge. The person is saying, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. The person makes salat. The person fasts in Ramadan. Okay, the person is a Muslim. The person is a Muslim. 
But now let's say the person who we know to be a Muslim, he says, I'm not a Muslim no more. Now what do we say? He's not a Muslim. He testified against himself. You got some people still trying to say, no, leave the brother, he's a Muslim. He said he ain't a Muslim. How you want to say he's still a Muslim, the man he denounces Islam? Or a person who we knew to be a Muslim now is saying, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. It's a Christian. It's no a Christian and a Muslim. He's a parent. Okay, a Muslim goes into a church. Does that make him a non-Muslim? No. No. Going into the church itself doesn't make the Muslim a non-Muslim. What did he go into the church for? He had to use the bathroom. What did he go into the church for? He was invited to give a speech about Islam. What did he go into the church for? He went in there to pray. Pray to who? Allah. Do you know that there are some Sahabas who prayed in the church to Allah? But the church was a church that don't have images and stuff like that. And even Umar al Khattab, he was invited to go into a church and he says, We don't go into the churches because of the images. So now, if the images were not there, he would have went in. But the Shahid, the people shouldn't just rush to pass judgment. Upon a Muslim A Muslim is seen in the street drinking Khamr He's drinking alcohol Is he a Muslim or not? He's a Muslim Okay what if somebody say Well what about the statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam La yashrabu Al khamr Hina yashrabu huwa mu'min That the one who is drinking Intoxicant is not a believer at the time he is drinking intoxicants. Does that mean that the person is a disbeliever? But what, so what's meant by he's not a believer at the time? Say that again? At all? Ah. Read. Okay, that's different than to say he's not there at all. What's meant? That he's not a believer at the time That he's committing the sin Meaning he's not a complete believer He's not a strong believer at the time Doesn't mean he's not a believer at all whatsoever And that he's a disbeliever at the time he's drinking Or as the Prophet mentioned La yazni azani hina yazni mu'min That the person is not a believer at the time He's committing fornication or adultery Doesn't mean that the person has become a disbeliever What is, what is meant that his iman has decreased His faith has decreased And he's not a believer Meaning he's not a complete believer At the time of committing the sin As some narrations mention That his iman Is like a cloud over him So he's still within the shade of faith It's still there But it's deficient It's incomplete The Prophet Sallallahu says Whoever kills himself with something He will be in the hellfire 
killing himself uh, with that thing over and over again. A Muslim commits suicide. What is his rule? Is he still a Muslim or is he a kafir? Ah, see, here comes the problem. You can't just take one text and then that's it and run with it. In Sahih Muslim, there is a narration that a man committed suicide in the time of the Prophet wasallam. The Prophet said to the Sahih, the Prophet did not pray over him, wasallam, but he said to the companions, Sallu ala sahibikum. Pray over your companion. Is he a Muslim or non-Muslim? Huh? He's a Muslim. Okay, the Prophet didn't pray over him. How do we understand that? But I'm saying, how do we understand that the Prophet didn't pray over the man? Yeah, but how do we understand the action of the Prophet? We understand what he told the companions to do, but how do we understand his action? It's a, it's a punishment, it's a reprimand for the act. The Prophet reprimanded the man in the act of committing suicide by he himself not praying over the person. But he's still a Muslim because he told the Sahaba, go and pray over him. Yes, yes. How do you justify what you just said? Is as if he killed the whole nation. Yes, that's the sin. That's the, that's the that's the level of the sin. For a period of time. Okay. Allah says, Well, I talk about zina too. Don't go near zina. But how many? Listen. Okay. And so, how many people are from the how many Muslim men have girlfriends? That I don't know. No, we know Muslim men have girlfriends. Come on now. But Allah says in the Quran, Well, I talk about zina. Don't go, don't go near fornication or adultery. But Muslim men still commit fornication and adultery, right? And then we have the hadith. Where the Prophet said that the one who's committing fornication and adultery, he's not a believer at the time. Look at the look at the interpretation you gave for the zina. Why not the same thing for the killing of one? Nah, 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 nah. It's like eating food, right? Okay, so the Prophet himself, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, told the companions, pray over him. He's a Muslim Still I give him an example Allah says In Surah Al-Hujurat وَإِن طَائِفَتَانِ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ قُتَتَلُوا And if two parties From amongst the believers They start fighting one another What happens when they're fighting? Somebody gets killed, right? But what did Allah call them? Two parties from who? The believers even though they're fighting, Allah still called them believers. So when these type of things, you have to look at all of the texts. As for the man killing himself, it's a major sin. It's very serious. It's not something that's light. It's very, if a Muslim kills himself, this is a very serious offense. But now, is it to the level that he has left the fold of Islam? 
We have to look. Is there any other text that will show that he's still a Muslim? Yes, there's a, a text. And the text is when the Prophet himself, he didn't pray over the man who committed... Again, the hadith is in Sahih Muslim. He didn't pray over the man. But he told the companions, pray over him. I'll give you another example. In the beginning of Islam, if somebody died owing money to someone, the Prophet didn't pray over him. The Prophet would ask, does this man owe any money? And if it would say, yes, he owes me money... The Prophet would say, Ya pray over him. And the Prophet would not pray over the person. As a what? As a punishment for not taking care of your debts before you die. That's a serious offense. You owe someone money, you have the ability to pay them, you don't pay them. So the Prophet, to deter the Muslims from doing this, he wouldn't pray over the one who owed money. But then once Allah started to bless the Muslims with more wealth, the Prophet would say, does this man owe any money? And the person would say, yes. The Prophet would take on the debt himself. And then he would pay the debt. And the Prophet would pray over the person. There's another hadith in Sahih Muslim also. A man, two men migrated to Medina. And one of them became sick because of the weather. The Medina has a fever that's, that's there. Like many, you know, Whoever visited Medina knows you can get sick. When visiting Medina Because of the climate Not everybody The climate doesn't uh, Agree with everybody's You know uh, Health Some people get sick So the man got sick And he became impatient So he took The head of his arrow Or his spear And he cut his fingers off And bled himself to death Killed himself Hadith is Sahih Muslim His companion that came with him to Medina and migrated to Medina seen him in a dream and he had a beautiful appearance but his hands were bandaged up so he said to him what did Allah do with you? meaning because you killed yourself he said Allah forgave me for killing myself because I made hijrah but he did not forgive my hands for the act of cutting the fingers off with a spear. When the man woke up, he went to the Prophet وسلم, and told the Prophet وسلم, about the dream. The Prophet made dua, he said, Oh Allah, forgive his hands too. The man committed suicide. Huh? The man committed suicide, but yet he said, Allah forgave him for. His hijrah Due to him migrating from the land he was in to Medina That's a big act of goodness But Allah also held him to account for the act he did with his hands So there was some good he had But yet there was still some punishment too So the Prophet ﷺ made dua Saying, oh Allah forgive his hands too So that shows that the act of committing suicide itself Doesn't expel a person from Islam it's a major sin And whoever does it is threatened with being punished in the hellfire Committing that act over and over and over again For a long period of time As is mentioned, he will, be, he will abide in the hellfire Meaning for a long period of time For a long period of time But it doesn't mean that he will stay in the hellfire forever Because there are Muslims who will go to the hellfire And they will be in the hellfire for a long period of time 
And then eventually Allah takes them out of the hellfire. So the point is, when dealing with a Muslim, one should not be quick to declare a Muslim to be a kafir or a non-Muslim. Because what's we judge by what's apparent. And then those texts, we have to understand those texts the way the Prophet understood those texts, وسلم, and the way the Sahaba understood those texts. Because if we don't, then we will fall into that which some or that which the Khawarij fell into. Understanding those texts that Allah He speaks about the non Muslims and then apply it to the Muslims. Or where the Prophet وسلم, was speaking about Muslims who whose faith uh, is deficient and then declare those Muslims to be disbelievers unjustly. So we have to be very, very careful when it comes to these affairs. But as for the person who was known to be a Muslim and then that person outwardly denounces Islam, okay, we say that the person is not a Muslim anymore. There is a person I know, like my uncle, my, my, uh, my father's brother, he was one of the first people who spoke to me about Islam and encouraged me uh, to take Shahada and the first book he, he brought me a Kufi and he brought me uh, the 40 Hadith of Imam Al-Nawi and he brought me the book The Three Fundamental Principles these are the first two books I ever had in Islam and I remember because he lived out of town he would come and visit we was at my, my grandmother's house his mother's house and I woke him up for Salat and we prayed and everything and then he, he left went back and then he came for another visit some months later and I went in the living room to wake him up and he didn't get up for the Salat so I went made wudu and I prayed and I went back and said uncle it's time for Salat and he turned over he said nephew I don't do that no more just like that nephew I, I don't do that no more and me, I, I was shocked. I didn't know what to say, like you know, because I'm still like new in my Islam, and he, he's the one, one of the people who influenced me to become a Muslim. So hearing that from him, it was like it, it crushed me. So I didn't know what to say. I didn't know. I, I didn't know. I didn't know how to say why. I, I didn't know what to what to do. I just I left him and I just turned around and went back into my room. And, and for years we never spoke about it. You know, and then, alhamdulillah, Allah blessed me to go study and learn a little bit more about Islam. And then one day we was talking, and um, it, it came up. So then he says, you know, you know, I, I have my reasons for, you know, why I did what I did. You know, one maybe one day we will sit down and have a detailed discussion. But we, he, he doesn't want to have that discussion, and Allah knows best. And Allah knows best. I mean, we speak, but. You know, to me, it was a dunya. Uh, it was a dunya motivation, something from the worldly life that he wanted, which caused him to leave Islam. And and that's from one of the things that caused people to leave the deen, the dunya. As the Prophet mentions, yabirudinahu bi aradim min dunya. He sells his religion for a small miserable price of the dunya. You know, may Allah guide him back. But now I can't continue to call him a Muslim And he himself says he's not a Muslim no more Even though I, I made salat with him Even though he was the one who uh, called me to Islam Or from the people who called me to Islam 
I can't keep someone in the fold of Islam who doesn't want to remain in the fold of Islam. And likewise, when it comes to people who claim to be Muslims, but clearly they are doing things that are in opposition to the foundations of Islam, like the followers of the, the group that's called the Nation of Islam, the followers of Elijah, Muhammad, and Farrakhan. These individuals believe that Allah came in the person of a man named Farad Muhammad. Even though they say that they are Muslims, that right there, everything, because you, because that goes against La ilaha illallah, to say that Allah came in the, the form of a man named Farad Muhammad, and that Elijah Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. There is no messenger after the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu So they, their foundation is not even there for them. So we can't even call them Muslims because they don't even have the shahada. How do we deal with them though? For sure we deal with them in a manner to bring them into the fold of Islam. And we teach them. As Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, اُدْعُوا إِلَىٰ سَبِيلِ رَبِّكَ بِالْحِكْمَةِ وَالْمُعِدَةِ الْحَسَنَةِ وَجَادِلْهُمْ بِالَّتِهِيَ أَحْسَنَةِ Call them to the way of your Lord with wisdom and beautiful preaching and debate with them in a manner that's best. But we cannot make people Muslims who are not Muslims. And those who are Muslims, we cannot make them to be non-Muslims. Understand this. And be, don't get caught up in the, the fame of a person's personality. If a person is saying that the black man is God, or that Allah Azza wa Jal came in the form of a man, that's kufr billah Azza wa Jal. Major shirk, major kufr. And that will prevent a person's shahada from being accepted. Because a part of the shahada, the person has to understand the meaning of la ilaha illallah. If a person says la ilaha illallah and he doesn't know what he's saying, it doesn't count. Or a person says la ilaha illallah but he wants to continue to worship Jesus, it doesn't count. In some narrations, it's mentioned along with the shahada, that Isa is the son of Maryam in the, in the spirit that Allah created in the word of Allah meaning Allah said be and he is in some of the narrations that's mentioned so like especially when a Christian is accepting Islam we will, we will mention that to them for them to say that so that they know that they are denouncing the belief that Isa salam is Allah or the son of Allah you understand? Because as long as that's present, it blocks the shahada from taking place. So if a person believes that there is a prophet after Prophet Muhammad, sallam, his saying, Ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah, it doesn't count. Because when you say Ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah, you have to believe that Prophet Muhammad sallam, is the last prophet and messenger. There's no more coming after him. For sure, for sure, for sure, because they believe Ghulam Ahmed is a prophet after Prophet Muhammad. So they're, that's not, they're not Muslims. And they believe in his book that he has. So this clearly goes against the Shahada itself. Clearly goes against the Shahada. 
or those who believe that everything is Allah and Allah is everything. <laughs> this is serious. Or that when a person reaches a certain level of knowledge, he becomes one with Allah, he doesn't have to make salat no more, he doesn't have to fast Ramadan, he doesn't have to make... Because he is Allah and Allah is him. That's clear. See, things like this, then yes, it's said the person is not a Muslim. But as for a person... He falls into a matter which is clearly innovation in the religion But not innovation to expel the person from Islam No, we say that he's our Muslim brother But he has innovation with him He has some practices that, that the Prophet didn't do We don't go and rush it Oh, he's not a Muslim no more Oh, I'm, I'm not praying behind him This is not the way Don't be extreme And don't be negligent you got to take the middle path as Allah mentions وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا And likewise we have made you a just and balanced nation InshaAllah Ta'ala we'll stop at this point Whatever is correct The praise is for Allah alone And whatever is incorrect it is from myself وَسُبْحَانَكَ اللَّهُمَ بِحَمْدِكَ شَهْدُوا أَنْ لَا إِلَهَا إِلَا أَنْتَ اسْتَغْفِرُكُمْ وَانْتَ بِهِ